0: If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review, as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. Art is something that so many people love, but going to art exhibits can be very overwhelming. Dawn Joy Leong joins this episode of Autism Stories to talk about how her current art exhibit is accessible to many with sensory differences, the importance of storytelling, and a project that she's working on that exclusively features disabled people. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Give me a second.
1: Recording in progress.
0: Dawn... Thanks so much yes. for joining us today.
1: Um, it's a pleasure to be back again.
0: <laughs> now, now, where does um, your story in the autistic community begin? Uh,
1: well, um, it, it began around the same time as uh, my joining Facebook, uh, back in the day where we were only about to join by invitation. And um, that was around the time that I was diagnosed. So Facebook became a great channel for me to find my community. Um, I joined a few groups, and at that time it was still called Aspergers. So I joined a few groups, and um, it was pretty really messy though because there were, you know, some really interesting characters in these groups and um, things quickly go sour, but I managed to make some friends online, um, and they just the my friends today. So that was how I connected with the worldwide community um, and, you know, never looked back.
0: Now, one of my favorite things is collaborating with others to create something we both can be proud of. Uh, So just recently you've collaborated with Simon Phillips to create an exhibit at the John Curtin Gallery in Australia. How did that collaboration work, especially because I believe the two of you live in different countries?
1: Yeah, and there's no travel at the moment. Um, Western Australia doesn't want us in there for very good reasons. well the wonderful thing about autistic, uh, about being autistic is that most of us don't seem to have a problem with connecting online. You know? um, in fact, like I prefer the online medium. It gives me some time um, to think about how to respond and also um, less pressure from the sensory um, issues because I'm in my own uh, comfortable environment. Uh, and so we, you know, we connected online. The, the curator uh, connected us online, and um, we, hit, you know, we hit off, uh, We were able to communicate sensorily because he, he is a sensory artist himself. So his photographs were all about sensory communication and experience and expression, and so are my soundscapes. So we, we share a similar similar uh, language with the universe. So it was really easy. You know, we didn't have to talk very much. Um, we just understood what each other were trying to convey. And so yeah, it, it was a great experience. Very
0: pleasant. Uh, your The exhibit that you and, jo, uh, you and Simon have created is called Sense and Sensitivity, a series of sensory stories that celebrate the beauty of the natural world what could can people um, expect from this exhibit from you and Simon?
1: Well, um, I haven't been there but I've seen um, uh, videos and um, visitors to the gallery will definitely see very large size prints of Simon's very breathtaking photos. And then they'll be able to listen to each of my soundscapes that accompany the photographs. Um, They were composed in response to Simon's work. um, On, you know, there are headphones provided. Um, There is also a very large screen in a darkened viewing room where people can sit back, relax, and enjoy um, a a, a quite beautifully put together 20 minute show of all 10 photos and soundscapes, you know, seamlessly, um, one after another. Uh, There is also. I think a, a, a corridor where visitors will walk through from one side of the exhibition to the other, where Lucy's heartbeat um, is the soundscape. So, you, you know, as you walk through the corridor, you can hear Lucy's heartbeat. Uh, and and a special feature um, they set up my Clement Space tent. It's a film tend to fluffy uh, pom-poms and netting um, on one side. So, this just can also uh, experience the tenant space um, prototype.
0: And, and for those that might not be aware, who is Lucy?
1: Lucy is, well, okay, Lucy is a black greyhound that I adopted in 2012, mm-hmm. and she became my assistant's dog, helping me with sensory anxiety when I'm outside the home. She's now retired, and so now I am her assistant human. Um, she's an old lady of 13, and um, more than that, you know, she, she's, she's the love of my life, and you know, autistic people connect with animals in quite profound ways. So I'm one of the lucky ones who found my spirit animal. Um, yeah. So our story is. Uh, uh, in my latest production, which
0: I will tell you about later on. Yeah, absolutely. We will get to that. that uh, one of the interesting things about uh, this exhibit, Sense and Sensitivity, is that there is a, sen- a sensory guide that people can access when viewing the exhibit. Um, I had not heard too much about sensory guides in in, in exhibits like this before. so. How do you see this guide as being helpful to people when they do go to the exhibit?
1: Well, first of all, um, Sensory Guide, you know, this is a new thing. Um, and it's about access, providing um, accessible spaces. And so uh, we, we are actually developing this in Singapore as well at the National Gallery. But in Perth, um, the John Curtain Gallery and Sensing Sensitivity Exhibition. Um, uh, they developed this because they recognize that many people with sensory differences find it hard to navigate public spaces and so a sensory guide is like um, it's like a mobility guide you know in, mo- in a mobility guide it shows you where the lifts are the ramps and, et cetera, and what facilities are available so this is the same thing um, a sensory guide is very useful to prepare people for what to expect um, and and to bring them through the exhibition with minimal sensory disturbance, so that they can enjoy the exhibition or installation without uh, extraneous hindrances to
0: overcome. The the sounds you created for this exhibit were inspired by Shahrazad Sher, in the Arabian uh, Nights folk tales. What's whose stories to the wicked Sultan helped her. Sh- Survive and saved her life. So, what exactly is a Shahrazad?
1: Um, quite literally, I mean, sherazad is the name of the mythical female character in folk tales. And um, uh, apart from you know entertaining the sultan with the, uh, gripping stories that helped save her life, um, so actually is a model of a female presenting. Uh, you know identifying a person who has to navigate inequalities um, and uh, it's also a story of violence and domestic abuse you know power uh, over um, a a patriarchal power Um, it's actually quite a complex uh, uh, thing to approach but to me uh, it's a very simple thing um Shaheraza just represents my autistic embodiment, Especially because uh Scheherazade is female identifying it. You know, she, she's a woman. Mm, and um, females have to <clears throat> perform socially in certain ways with pressure we are pressured to do so, especially in certain cultural contexts. Um we we have to do certain things in compliance. Just,
0: just to survive, to stay alive. And, in, you know, compared to the um, Arabian Nights folk tales, um, you you put a little bit a uh, different twist on your Shahrazad. Um, in what ways was your Shahrazad uh, different from the Arabian Nights folk tales? Well,
1: um, I I was not married to uh, an oppressive, abusive man. Thankfully, uh, I've probably escaped a few (laughs) of these. But um, uh, I I share the same uh, experience of emancipation from from oppression. Um, The difference is that um, I am uh, an autistic woman and uh, navigating a modern society. I probably have a lot more freedoms
0: than she had. And um, yes, and and this Sherazad is autistic. Now, I learned so much from other people's stories. Um, I'm wondering for you, how important is it hearing other people's stories or folk tales like the Sherazad in the Arabian Nights for you?
1: I think hearing people's narratives, and even even through fantasias that are maybe hyper-realistic and not exactly uh, word-for-word reality, uh, all these stories give one a sense of camaraderie and understanding that um, one is never absolutely alone. Uh, It also offers insights into how others may navigate similar situations to one's own journey, and maybe some encouragement. Um, and, um, courage, reassurance, these things are very important Yeah, you know, to me anyway. I, I like uh, looking at other people's
0: stories. Now, what about um, sensory experiences that are incorporated um in this exhibit, sense and sensitivity. How helpful do you think those experiences are in helping people to embrace and love their autistic self?
1: Well, um, sense, and sensitivity, uh, sense and sensitivity. Sorry, um, is um, is an, a, a research. Uh, um, I think it's a research project as well, um, and. Um, they're researching neurodiversity. So, um, where it comes to autistic people, we are constantly pushed to communicate with words and operate in the typical non-autistic, uh, what I call the worded realm. So, sensory sens- uh, sensitivity recognizes and elevates the sensory domain as valid expressive communication. And this allows autistic people who are more comfortable in the sensorial dimension an experience that is organic and native. It's made by us, communicated in a way that uh, we are comfortable with, and without prejudice or even the need to uh, translate. You know, that there's no need to translate. You walk in, and this exhibition is made for you if you communicate this way. It's the worded people that that translation.
0: Now, so what would you say that you hope people get out of this exhibit or just for that matter, any um, art art that you do?
1: Well, my work is very sensory. I, I uh, feel, think, uh, experience and respond to the world uh, uh, very directly from my senses. And um, as I'm speaking to you or when I write, um, it is actually a translation, so my words are not directly from my uh, immediate experience. So um, I, I feel that uh, my work and my work with Simon in, in, um, in Sense and Sensitivity expresses the rich and abundant ecology that is outside of worded expression. Um, it, we want to validate. Our autistic sensory communication as a, a real uh, valuable and important communication style, um, and yeah, just to allow the autistic empowerment to guide others into this wonderful dimension. It's a welcome to my world again. I mean, I know it's cliché, but you know, there's so much about our realm that people don't know about.
0: Mm-hmm you, you, we've been talking a lot about communication and I'm just wondering, um, you know, I've heard you talk, you know, before about you, you're and Lucy's relationship. How has Lucy helped you in terms of communication? Well, you know, when I met Lucy, I mean, I've had
1: pets on my life, you know, you've had chicken stocks and uh, the, the whole gamut, um, uh, and, um, pets but when I met Lucy, I knew she wasn't a pet. She, she connected to, with me um, and on a very spiritual and sensory level. she I, I didn't have to explain things to her. I didn't even have to train her like you would train a new pet dog, you know, um, uh, where to pee, how to pee. She dictated everything. She came ready-made for me. In fact, she taught me how to observe my own sensory responses to the world, to the environment, because I've become so stifled, and I'm not very, when I'm stressed, I'm not good with the interoception part. I don't even know I'm hungry or tired, and she just awakened me to myself, and it's not, She's not even a loving dog, you know, you, know, you see pictures of um, these pit bulls jumping on the lap and cuddling. She doesn't <laughs> even like cuddling. It, she's, that's why I say she's not a pet dog. She's just this very strange entity that entered my life and become my closest companion. She, she really is the love of my life. I have not found this kind of communion with any human uh, at all. And not even with other animals, so um, she's very precious to me. That in the sense that we don't need words, I don't need to put any effort into teaching her how to live with me, which many humans have to do with their pets. She taught me how to live with her.
0: Now, now beyond um, this interview, for those that want to learn more about you, Don, um, and and. And the music and art you create, how can they go about doing so?
1: Um, Okay, I'm trying very hard to keep up um, uh, with my website updating, and so most of my work is there, uh, www.donjoyeyoung.com. And...
0: um, uh, you know, before before we started um, recording this interview, you mentioned that you have something else um, going on now, so can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Okay, very quickly, I just launched my latest work, Scheherazade C. Con- Continuing Journey 2021, and this is a chronicle of the second part of my journey, uh, Lucy, you know, is a big teacher in it. And what's different is I've always been a solo performance artist because I find it hard to communicate with um, other people um, what I want. But this time around, I went out of my comfort zone, uh, largely because I have a, an amazing collaborator in people director, Peter South. And so the cast is um, uh, an all-disabled cast, so all-disabled artist. Um, my lead character, I have handed over the lead, uh, Scheherazade, to a young artist with, uh, uh, who's visually impaired. She uses a white cane and she has an amazing voice. Her name is Claire. And then I have two dancers uh, because, you know, Scheherazade is a narrative with words, but also sensory communication. And so I have two dancers, um, artists with Down syndrome. One is an experienced artist and the other one is a newbie that uh, uh, we are uh, mentoring. So that's all part of uh, my work in Singapore that um, I mentor younger artists who, who want to try their hand at gaining some professional experience. So Shireen's see continuing journey marks my uh, second part of the journey where other people come into my uh, formerly um. very uh, um, quiet life, very secluded life. Um, I'm including people who are like-minded. And um, yes, so we are on YouTube now. If you just uh, search for Scheherazade C. for Antonio, you will get our channel.
0: So- sounds wonderful. And you mentioned um, having, um, um, is it exclusively a disabled cast?
1: Disabled-led, disabled led, disabled cars. And our newest addition is a 14 year autistic uh, publicity intern. She, she doesn't know anything about publicity, neither do I, but we're just, just going to try this adventure together. And she writes beautifully. So it, it's actually um, disabled led. So uh, we have support from non disabled persons, um, but uh, this is a, a, a disability um, led
0: piece of work. S- sounds great. I-, I can't wait to see it. Yes, do. <laughs> well Dawn, it's it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining yeah, yes. us today and for spending some time with me.
1: Well good, good to see you again um, on Zoom, And um, you know I'm I'm so happy
0: to be in your podcast again. Thanks so much to Dawn for the conversation. To learn more about Dawn, check out the link in the podcast description of this episode. Art and visual media is something Dawn is passionate about, and if you're looking for ways to get involved in the things that you're passionate about, then coaching from Autism Personal Coach may be just for you. You can book a free call with me today to learn how Autism Personal Coach can set you up with one of our coaches. A link for the free call can be found in the podcast description of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories, and if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would be very much appreciated. On the next episode of Autism Stories, we will discuss human resources and the autistic experience. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.